There's clever engineers. But no. Time for ASO Radio. Hello, everybody. This is, of course, NZ17 bringing you episode 104 of ASO Radio. And joining me in the studio once again is... G10T. And uh, we've got a great show in store for you. Uh, lots of uh, exciting anime news, better than just the general, oh, this is slightly interesting stuff, actual quality meaty anime news. And we also have a review of what we're reviewing this time. Last Exile? That's right. Last Exile by uh, Studio Gonzo. And if uh, you know my past history with how I feel about Studio Gonzo films, well, this is going to be not too different from that. But uh, I'm getting ahead of myself. After all, I could mention the Hotspot has a wonderful interview with the creator of Schlock Mercenary. But uh, like I said, I don't want to get ahead of myself. So let's take care of some anime news. Okay, so like I promised, we have some really cool news this week, and uh, some not-so-cool news. But I don't want to get ahead of myself. So, we're going to go ahead and let JD10T take the first one. Go ahead, JD10T. Okay, Natsuki Takaya in Germany. Uh, German publisher Carlson Manga reports that Fruit Basket's creator Natsuki Takaya Mm -hmm. will attend the... Leipzig World... Uh, book fair. The fair runs March 22nd to the 25th of next year. Okay, and for you old school anime fans, and I know you're out there, Adult Swim will air the original Voltron series Monday through Thursday at 5.30 a.m. starting next week. Uh, That's right, it's going to start about the 16th of November. Uh, The show will also be available on the Adult Swim Fix website, which I believe is just at adultswim.com. Okay, Sprint brings anime to cell phones. Um, the Anime new- Network and Spring are now offering mobile anime clips to Sprint Power Vision subscribers. Clips from Mezo, King's Journey, Divergence A- Eve. No, Kino's Journey and Divergence Eve. Divergence Eve. Uh, Wannabe Style and Mega Man are available on Sprint TV Channel 66 for four ninety five per month. Now, if it's only four ninety five for uh, all those different things, then it's a monthly thing. That's not a bad deal, really. Mm-mm, not at all. Uh, Viz Europe has picked up Honey and Clover. Yes, that's right. Viz Media BV has acquired the rights to the Honey and Clover manga series in Europe. So, I really like those series. I'm yeah, excited. You know, um, as a matter of fact, uh, there's a really great uh, series by Clamp called Holic, 
which is actually intertwined the with their Subasa series. No, it's actually just pronounced Holic because the triple X part at the beginning isn't like triple X, like, you know, flashing neon sign triple X, but uh, it means a variable. Each of the stories deal with somebody who's addicted to something, so alcoholic oh. and, and other things like that. And so each one deals with the stories of these different characters. But the interesting thing about Subasa and Holic is apparently uh, Clamp is using these as kind of the... Uh, stories that intertwine all of their other series. And yes, stories. they do. They introduce a lot of characters from different series. Um, it's it's really interesting. I really like Subasa. Yes, and it's funny because the the Holic series, which uh, is basically about a witch who can grant somebody their wish, but in exchange they have to provide uh, service to her uh, equal to the amount of work that it takes to grant. Usually their giving wish. them an item or something the most important to them. Right, right. It's funny because the series is really you know serious and kind of dark and stylish, and one of the early references is actually to Sakura of Cardcaptor Sakura. So I thought that that was pretty interesting. Okay, uh, go ahead and take this one about Phoenix Anime Fest. Okay, Ultra Jump editor Kosuke Okazaki. <laughs> okay, yeah. Will attend Phoenix Anime Face, uh, Fest um, December 1st to the 2nd in Phoenix, and he will join Blame, creator Su- Sutomu Nehe. Uh, I believe it's uh, Sutomu Nihei. Yeah, it is. Sorry. But uh, can't guarantee that. But uh, we have some listeners who uh, listen in, and they correct us on our Japanese, so maybe we'll get a help if we oh, get I'm going to need a lot of together. corrections. <laughs> I need a couple of seconds to read the word first. <laughs> well, for those fans of Oh My Goddess, I have some unfortunate, or depending on how you feel about it, fortunate news. Media Blasters has confirmed that it has passed on its option to acquire the rights to Amagami-sama, Sorezora no Subasa, which is the second season of the Oh My Goddess TV series. Now, uh, some people like everything Oh My Goddess, and some people seem to not care much for this television series. What do you think of it, J.D. Tenty? Um, I really like, um, I have watched all the series um, with the anime and stuff, and I really do like it. I like the characters... No, no, um, I meant the the television series in comparison to the earlier OAV and the manga and the movie. Um, the actual, like the TV series, um, I, I've seen them all, but I don't know which ones are which. It's been a while. It, it Basically, the artwork is very different looking oh, the, the artwork. TV series. Um, it's kind of like their eyes are too far spaced apart or something. I don't remember. I think I like the, if I'm remembering correctly, I think I like the series better than the movie. Yeah, because there's uh, the five-episode OAV, okay. and then there's the movie, and then there is the 26-episode TV series. Oh, I haven't seen the 26-episode TV yeah, series. Yeah, that's, that's what this is actually about. Oh, okay, because I have seen, like, the the six-episode or the four-episode series. Yeah, the five-episode OVA. Is it five? Yeah. Okay. But uh, moving along, how about you take this one about Death Note? Okay, um, Death Note, the last name, topped the Japanese box office last weekend, pushing Kisarazu Cat Eye World Series and Flags of Our Fathers to second and third place. Meanwhile, Toho's Nada Soso fell to seventh place after five weeks in the top three. And Grave of the Fireflies is going to be playing on uh, Turner Classic Movies. Uh, TCM will be airing the English dub of Grave of the Fireflies, classic work, uh, Sunday at 10 p.m. Eastern Time on, of course, T, uh, TCM, Turner Classic Movies. 
And uh, go ahead, and uh, I, I really like Ramna, so I would take this, but I want you to have the honors of taking perhaps our final story about Ramna one-half. Okay, so Ramna one-half wraps up next week. Uh, volume 36 of Ramna one-half manga, manga will be released next Tuesday. The series has been a staple of the Viz Media catalog for over 14 years, according to the company, and remains one of the company's longest-running manga titles and manga. Wa- manga titles and one of the longest-running manga series in North America. Yes. It is a really long series. I've been hoping to see the link. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I, um, I actually got to see a fan translation of um, the last two or three volumes of it, basically the last story arc of Romna one-half, years before this, actually. And the interesting part is is that the the translator, and by the way, the ending of the series, uh, at first I was kind of um, expecting more, but the more that I thought about the ending, the more I thought that was a good way to end it. Um, But as far as the man who translated it did this fan translation, the interesting part is he did a really good translation. People really liked it. And then he went to an anime convention where he met one of the guys uh, from Viz Media. And after that, he felt kind of bad because even though they hadn't released that volume yet, um, on the other hand, he still kind of felt like by having it out there, he was taking away from their future selves. And so he took down uh, the translation. But the story doesn't end there, actually, because um, just about a month later, uh, the same guy that he had met at that party uh, called him up and hired him to be an official translator for Viz. So it would be particularly interesting if this translation was actually handled by him. I don't know if that's actually the case, but that would be pretty neat. That would so. be. Well, anyways, uh, that's going to do it for our uh, news for this episode of ASO Radio. And so instead, we're going to now transition over to our review of Last Exile, Volume 1. Well, Last Exile Volume 1. This had uh, four volumes on it. Uh, four volumes. Four <laughs> episodes on it, on this uh, first volume. And um, we actually only managed to watch two. And there's a very good reason for that. It was very boring. <laughs> um, J.D. Tenty, could you go and give us a brief overview of the uh, premise and story of this uh, show? <laughs> um, I'll try. I was mostly laughing and chatting with someone else through it, but, um... Possibly Cat 13? Yeah, Cat 13. (laughs) Anyway, what seemed to be going on was these two... They seemed to be in their early teenage years. Um, Claus and I can't... Klaus and Lobby. Klaus and Lobby. Uh, they're... Um, they do these, uh, message... They do errands it looks like, mm-hmm. um, to earn a living. And it's kind of like involved in a race. Like, they pick up an errand, and they go and do it and get back and see who uh, finishes it off first. And it's kind of, it's one of those um, shows that takes a lot of place in the air, it seems like. A lot of um, airships and things like that. Floating continents. Yes. Um, and so they go on this one message, and it's to deliver um, a message to a uh, some head honcho on a ship. <laughs> it seems to be a, an admiral of sorts, yeah. and uh, they have to go and deliver this message, and they have two different messages. One is from his wife, and one is from his daughter. 
and uh, they're not able. The, he gets the first message from the wife, but the one from the his daughter doesn't get delivered, and so they ended up. He ends up hacking into the system to read it over the intercom, and you know all all this battling's going on, and they're right in the middle of it, and they're trying to get out of there so they don't die. And um, this, of course, upsets the guards, and so they come barging into the room. But thankfully, the kind soldier earlier who had gone and lent them a canteen when they were so amazed by the clean water fountain. Uh, because it's very hard to get clean water for them, especially considering how uh, poor they are and how war-torn their countries are, and the fact that it's basically just these two orphans, it seems, uh, living off of the meager earnings they can make delivering messages and running other tasks. Um, and so they end up delivering the message from the daughter, which is asking for her father to return home safely and mentioning all the wonderful things in her life and how much she misses him and all which uh, really, I think, covers the first two episodes. Yeah, that was really um, basically it. It was... Uh, the majority we were <laughs> of it was taken up by fighting. Exactly. I mean, the two main characters, you probably only saw them a half to a third of the time. The rest of it was just a bunch of clouds blowing up or airships on fire or something like that. Yes, yes, and, they, and the clouds weren't going <laughs> and uh, just being shot and having holes in the clouds. No, it was splashing up like water or something, oh. like they were naval battles. It, it was actually quite silly. Yeah, and they're like, we're sinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they don't just suddenly fall out of the sky or nothing. No, no, they're sinking slowly. <laughs> Um, and, of course, there's uh, this being a Studio Gonzo project, there was just tons and tons of computer graphics in this. I mean, by far, uh, 3D uh, computer graphics integrated into uh, 2D cell shadedness to try to fit in with the uh, flat anime characters um, was really very prominent. I really did like the animation, actually. I just, I just really liked the way it was drawn and... That was interesting. Just it was really slow moving at first. Not so much slow moving, just as not it didn't catch or anything. The, the story kind of like or the animation. The story. Sorry, switching here. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, it seemed to have pretty good voice acting, all in all. But since most of it was like chanting by the soldiers or commanders bellowing either orders or their disbelief in things happening. Um, it's really kind of hard to say whether anybody did a good job or not because there wasn't really much acting needed. Uh-huh. There's a lot of redundancy. I was laughing about that because the one character kept shouting orders and another character would repeat the entire order and they did it every time he said something. So I thought they could cut the episode in half if they just took that out. Yeah, I guess the best way to really summarize this series is lots of fluff but no real substance underneath. Kind of like the very subject of them being in the clouds. <laughs> it might have gotten better later on, but these first two episodes definitely, I, you know, I just didn't cut it. <laughs> yeah, it didn't, didn't really cut the mustard. I mean, it seemed like the two main characters, they were very likable, but there was nobody else really that uh, I felt was worthwhile in the staff except maybe the guy that helped them. Yeah. And so... And even he was kind of an odd character going against uh, the rest of his crew, you know, his teammates. Not that he didn't... What he didn't do was moral, but it was kind of... Yeah, he probably he got odd out of to, there like, in royalty or something like yeah. that. Yeah. It just also appears, and I mean, it's just kind of weird, but yeah. So all in all, not not the greatest. Um, 
I, I was thinking about what to go and give this as far as score is concerned, and I think that uh, I'm going to give this a not recommended. I mean, it's it's not absolutely horrible tripe, but I was just incredibly bored by this and did not feel engaged, and uh, I had to force myself to go through two episodes, and that's pretty bad when you don't even uh, really like getting through the first episode, and uh, we just skipped right past the opening and closing because those weren't really catching either. So. Mm-mm, not at all. Uh, what about you, JD? I would give this a non not recommended either. Um, I agree that it didn't seem like it was that bad of a series. I mean, it wasn't painful to watch like I have watched others. But it um, wasn't really good enough to say, like, neutral, you know, exactly. like, you could go either way. This is kind of like, they'd have to do a lot of work to make exactly. it Exactly. Um, I mean, it could possibly... I mean, I really did like the two main characters. They just weren't in it, though, and um, it was just really, like I said, not... It didn't catch my attention enough. I mean, maybe if I was really bored one day, I'd sit there and turn it on and try to finish the series, but... Definitely not something I'd go and do on my own time. Yeah, this isn't something Cartoon Network should consider picking up for their adult swim section. (laughs) But, uh, okay, we're going to go ahead now, and uh, there's no real... Well, actually, there is a little bit of fan mail... Uh, I don't have it with me, though. But uh, just cover that real quick is basically Warp Shadow wrote in, and he said uh, that uh, he really likes the two new co-hosts that we have, uh, Cat13 and JD10T, uh, and he says that I should give them a chance to come into their fool because he's sure that they'll be great co-hosts. What's his name again? Warp Shadow. Thank you, Warp Shadow. You're so nice. I really like you. Unlike me, I'm a big jerk. <laughs> but uh, now we're going to go ahead now, and we're going to do our hot spot. For the hot spot this episode, we have our interview from Anime Bonsai 2005 with Howard Taylor. Uh, For those of you that's not familiar, Howard Taylor is the author of Schlock Mercenary, a very popular online webcomic, which has been going for quite a few years now and actually is Howard's full-time professional career. And so we're going to go ahead and play that. Funny thing is, though, he wasn't actually an quote-unquote official guest of honor for Anime Bonsai, but he ended up going to Link 1986's panel on webcomics. And so he ended up giving a really great talk there, and we ended up talking with him later, gave a copy of his book uh, about Schlock Mercenary with selected strips in there to Link 1986, and we asked him if he wanted to do an interview with us, and he agreed. So here's the interview that he gave with us at our table in the dealer's room. I hope you all enjoy. Okay, here we are down in the dealer's room of Anime Banzai, and we are having an interview with one of the lovely guests here at the convention, or rather he's a guest of ours. <laughs> uh, go ahead and introduce yourself and your work and tell us a bit about uh, your history. My name's Howard Taylor, and I'm a professional cartoonist. I'm actually just here at Anime Banzai as an attendee because my daughter wanted to come to an anime convention. Um, so I wasn't planning on doing a, a radio interview. Um, surprise, anyway, I said, surprise. Yeah, I said professional cartoonist, um, schlock mercenary is my title and URL my work. If you'd like www.schlockmercenary.com. That's S C H L O C K M E R C E N A R Y.com. Um, I've been cartooning now for six years, uh, two years, uh, full time. And loving every minute of it. Ah, so uh, I, I know that you have at least uh, one book published. Tell us a little bit about the book that you've published and uh, what to expect in the future. Okay. 
The first book contains all of the strips that uh, aired between March 9th of 2003 and I think August 23rd of 2003. I'd have to look inside the cover in order to see it. Um, the second book, which is coming out here in about three weeks, is a direct follow-up to the first book. So the two of them, uh, the two of them will be a matched set. And I would encourage everybody to go to store.schlockmercenary.com where they can pre-order those books in time for Christmas. An excellent present, especially if you have a large family. So um, go ahead. Uh, you've mentioned that uh, your cartoon strip or comic strip. Uh, is it all comic-y, or is there some drama in there? What is the, the, the plot, if you will? The plot, if you will, or even if you won't, is uh, space mercenaries who are paid money to uh, hurt people and break things. They get into trouble. They get out of trouble. They get paid. They get stiffed. Um, the just first like book, real life, right? Yeah, I was going to say, just like, just like real life. I get email all the time from people saying, boy, you totally described my boss in this particular comic. I get email from soldiers in Iraq and Afghanistan telling me, you totally described my commanding officer. I've gotten emails before telling me, it's obvious that you were a Marine. Where did you serve? Uh, and the answer That's is, I've, cool. I've never served in, a military, in the military. I've just, you know, learned to watch people and uh, figured out what what they do when they're bored. Ah. The military military life has been described as uh, 60 seconds of panic uh, surrounded with six weeks of boredom. And Schlock Mercenary talks about what happens during a lot of the boring slots. These mercenaries get into trouble without ever, without ever, needing, <laughs> without, yeah, without ever needing to go on the job. Uh, now that said, there's plenty of blam and thum and Pizorch and you know other shooty and hurdy and whatever sound effects you know there is action in the strip. For the most part, though, it focuses on the funny. Mm-hmm. Every strip, you know, sets up a punchline, delivers a punchline. You know, you, you tune in every day to laugh, and mm-hmm. hopefully that's what happens. So you said you've been doing this for uh, six years now. Uh, how many strips uh, have you produced in your estimate? Oh, wow. Six years. Uh, I started June 12th of 2000. I've been cartooning nonstop ever since. I've never missed a daily update. So uh, today is October 21st. Uh, you listeners at home, you, 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 yeah, 2006. You listeners at home should be able to do the math for yourselves. Off the top of my head, I think it's 2,320 strips. That's quite a workful. It's uh, so, it's so a pile. after so many comics, how do you keep things fresh? I mean, do you find yourself sitting there and trying to take more time to think of plot, or at this point, have you built up so much that just plot flows? Um, I am a firm believer in character-driven fiction, character-driven comedy. The characters have acquired voices of their own. I refer to them from time to time as the voices in my head. Sometimes I will sit down to write comics, and the comics just write themselves. I give, I give Captain Tagon or Sergeant Schlock the opening line in a a panel. You know, they're they're delivering delivering uh, uh, expository dialogue, and and the rest of the strip just flows as the characters start talking to each other in my head, and all I need to do is take dictation. So. All right. 
So for a moment. looks like uh, we got some uh, cackling fangirls. But uh, okay, cackling so, fangirls, one of whom is a boy dressed as a girl. Well, it still counts when you're at the <laughs> convention. Welcome to Anime Bonsai. So, um, speaking of Anime Bonsai, well, what are some of the events that you've attended so far that you've enjoyed? Well, I just returned from a, uh, a web comics panel in which we talked about the you know care and feeding of of web comics. Um, uh, last night, I went to a How to Draw Mecca panel hosted by Newton Ewell, who is one of the finest technical artists, uh, one of the finest technical artists I know of. Um, he's just, he's, he's brilliant. Uh, worked for, uh, uh, worked for Palladium Games, Rifts Atlantis. When this guy draws a giant killer robot, um, you can believe that death is at your door. Yeah, you can believe that there is a giant killer robot at your door. Uh, I also attended the How to Draw Faces and Angles panel hosted by uh, uh, Amy, Amy, whose name tag, Reader Hadley. Um, she's right here in front of us. She's one our, of our guest interview. Yeah, one of our guests of honor. Um, Amy's panel. Amy is very dynamic to oh, watch. Oh, she's fantastic. You know, she's a great artist, and so I just wish was, that we could no, get an amusing? interview with her. What was amusing to me? She's standing. Oh, get right over here and accept the accept the the. It's not really praise. Watching her as she she had taken pictures of herself, and seeing the photos of her face, and then seeing the the line art that she was creating for expression, you can tell that one of the reasons she is successful at drawing faces is because she's very expressive. She is just fun to watch when and she's graceful, excited or enthusiastic about something. And smart. No, I'm just kidding. But that's true. She big eyes, little eyes, uh, angry eyes, big laugh. Right now she's looking puzzled. Well, that's so. why she's a published professional. Anyway, it was, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm just here attending panels and, and having a good time. They've got some great guests. Great we do have some here. great guests, and we're interviewing a lot of them today, including ourselves. Hey, how are you doing there? No, no. Um, <laughs> but all right, so uh, do you, when it comes to your comic, your work, do you find influence in others' work, or is it mainly just stuff you've been thinking about, or is it a melding? Um, in terms of story, uh, I find most of my inspiration in the literary science fiction and fantasy that I read. Um, and in, uh, you know, factual military tomes uh, that I, I, I research, uh, scientific research. So that it's I kind read. of fiction based on nonfiction. Oh, yeah. Well, and that's what science, that, that's, a, that's what science fiction is. You have to start with... The science? You, you have to start with the science. You have to start with the facts and extrapolate from there. So I find a lot of inspiration... Just in you know Scientific American, um, or in uh, you know current events and discussions of uh, you know armoring Humvees for uh, troops in Iraq and Afghanistan, you know that sort of thing. Uh, that sort of thing is a, a seed upon which I will um, Row? run out of words. <laughs> yeah, it's the sorry the metaphor generator shut down there for a moment. So. Um you said that you get lots and lots of email. So what are some of the more memorable things that people have written to you? Um, let's see. Memorable email. I've gotten, I've gotten a little bit of hate mail where uh, 
you know, one person, um, I, I can't even remember, I, I shouldn't list on the air the names that he called me. He was just mad. He was mad about something I blogged about, and I completely forgot. Uh, I, I don't even remember what the argument was. But Damn, Google! Yeah, he just he just took it really personally, and uh, uh, really, he wanted, I think he said he wanted to punch me in the nose. If he ever saw me, he was going to punch me right in the nose. He's not here. Um, Good thing too, or we'd have a really hard time conducting an interview. Uh, yeah, that would make it. That would make it difficult. That would make it difficult. But action packed. <laughs> well, yeah, it would just be. It would be like one of those radio dramas uh-huh. with with the, the live sound, sound effects. Effect. And, yeah, live live sound effects and and screaming. Um, I get a lot of praise from people who say, I love the comic, I can't believe you've done it every day for six years, thank you so much. And there are people who tell me, you know, I have emotional problems, I have bad days, and you are there to pick me up. And that, well, it's not, it's it's a very personal thing for me. I read that and I have I have a spiritual connection with these people, and that makes it worthwhile. Um, memorable emails. Um, I don't remember all of them individually, bec- you know, because there are a lot. Topically, though, uh, one of the topics that comes up a lot in email is, I just discovered your comic, and I read the whole archives in three days, and then they usually follow that up with either, I am going to go to bed now, or I almost lost my job. <laughs> uh, one of one of those two things, and I email them back. Oh, and th- there's a third thing that they often say, and that is, how do I go back now to just reading one per day? Uh huh. True. So yeah, I feel like the old dope peddler. Hey, the first one's free, kid. Um, Speaking of dealing your dope, uh, have you been uh, approached by any uh, people wanting to publish your books? Because you mentioned earlier how you published them yourself and sold them through your site. Have you gotten, uh, if you will, bigwigs trying to go and get you in? I've had two offers for publication, and what I do is I tell them, listen, I'm making a solid living right now publishing the books myself. If you have a, you know, if you can do an advance on royalties deal and commit to you know, X amount of dollars per year for two years for four books, then we'll do it. And if you can't, I'll keep selling them myself. And what's happened to date is they've said, oh, wow, you're really, you're making that much money? Um, okay, well. Let's move along. <laughs> yeah, we'll, 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 we'll move along and, you know, look for somebody perhaps a little hungrier. All right. Well, uh, we've uh, we've got a bunch of interviews lined up here, but I want to go and ask you one more thing, if I can, and that is, um, besides your your comic, which takes up so much of your time and has so many people that just love it, uh, what other projects uh, are you working on, maybe in the future or currently? Boy, right now I'm just I'm a hundred percent focused on the comic and on ways to exploit the comic for money. We've talked about doing, you know, role-playing game. Swimsuit uh, calendar? Uh, I haven't decided on... I, I've Calendars. I've oh, looked at calendars. and are nude, I'm just saying. Calendars are a low-margin item. Uh, going into, you know, a little bit of T-shirt business, I'm, you know, we're looking at that. But mostly right now, I'm all about taking the, the current comic, 
producing the comic and finding ways to exploit that for money. Oh, Down the road, I may I may do spin-offs. I may you know tackle other creative projects. Might write a novel. But for for right now, just schlockmercenary.com. What you see there is pretty much what you get from me. All right. Well, um, okay. I'd like to give you the last word. So if there's anything you'd like to plug or say before we go, the mic is yours. Thanks. Um, uh, boy, I hate questions like this because they always God, leave me stymied. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> gosh, I think I've said just about everything that needs to be said. Thank you very much for having me on your show, and good Thank luck with the rest of the here. interviews. All right. I hope that your fans continue to be as happy with uh, your comic as we were interviewing you. And we'll see you soon. Well, well, this is your second episode here on the uh, show, and uh, what do you think, uh, how do you feel differently now compared to when you were on the first show? Um, I'm a lot more comfortable talking, making comments, and I hopefully will get more comfortable to the point where I might actually say something witty or funny, but... That would be awesome. Um, yeah. You're doing a great job. But, uh... Hopefully next time we'll have something more enjoyable for you to watch. So yeah. far, you've, you've seen Princess Nine. You guys like that pretty well. Yeah, and we I watched, really like uh, that. Uh, last Exile, which there's a reason why it's the last one. <laughs> um, and so next time, I believe we're going to be reviewing something rather classic. Don't want to uh, drop any names right now because I could get it wrong because I'm not 100% remembering what it is. But it is a very famous name in, in uh, anime. Uh, but you'll have to tune in next time to find out because actually the interesting thing is it's going to be our first episode of Season 9. Yes, Episode 104, the current episode, is the last episode of Season 8 of ASO Radio. So uh, we're going to be going into a brand new season starting with the next episode. And so I'd like to take this opportunity to announce a little contest that we're going to be having, which is to design the theme song for season uh, nine of ASO Radio. Um, just go ahead and use the fan uh, mail submission form to go ahead and let me know if you have a track that you would like us to use for our opening. I would say probably 30 to 45 seconds in length and you can submit it in uh, MP3 or Aug Vorbis format and we will be more than glad to give it a listen. So if you think you have mad skills for laying down a uh, <laughs> podcast theme, go ahead and, uh, like I said, use the fan mail submission form. Let us know, and we'll enter you in our contest. Uh, a couple of weeks will go by, and then we'll announce the winner, and it will become the theme for Season 9 and possibly even Season 10 of uh, ASO Radio. But I'm always looking towards the future, so let's get back out of the clouds, put our feet on the ground, and wrap up the present. So for Episode 104, 104 episodes now, of ASO Radio. This is NZ17 and JD10T signing out. ASO Radio is copyright of NZ17 Productions. ASO Radio is licensed to the general public under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial share-alike license. Additional licenses available. For more information, visit us online at www.nz17.com.